Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Great Scott, good people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We are back. This is our first episode of 2021, and now that we're living in the future, we decided to do a film that is Back to the Future. But, um, That's confusing. But, yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense to me either. <laughs> anyway, uh, that voice that you're hearing is Liz. Liz is back. How are you, Liz? Happy New Year's. Thank you, Sam. I'm good. And when he says I'm back, I'm actually back in my beautiful home country of Aotearoa, New Zealand, which I'm very happy about. I thought Jacinda officially made you an Australian. I thought you were out. God, I hope not. Um, I definitely don't have the accent for it. Thank God. And hi to all of those wonderful Australians that listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Let's just ostracise um, an entire country. Who cares? No, no. Look, no one's no one's keeping me out of my bloody country. I love it here. Fair enough. Uh, the other person joining us is one of Back to the Future's biggest fans. It's Amy. How are you, Amy? I am as good as you can be in the UK, but I'm all right otherwise. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah, yeah. I, sounds pretty tough there, eh? Like, I, I don't envy you guys. It's Sounds pretty hardcore. Let's just say we had more cases in Scotland today than New Zealand had in nine months. Wow. Yeah. It's not good. Wow. Uh, good to see you looking well and healthy, though, Amy. Yes, I've exactly. so far avoided it, so let's hope. Fair enough. Uh, Amy, you're actually our first Scottish person on this podcast, so congratulations. You've now broken our Scottish drought. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> There's not really a name for it. We're still trying to get more people into film in Scotland, so hopefully. They Fair should, enough. just because of the accents. I love listening to them forever. <laughs> and I'm really going to try and make you say the number after 10 multiple times because it sounds so great. Bear in mind, I don't have a deep Scottish accent, unfortunately. Kind of grew up with some Geordies. Fair enough. I was yeah. like, it sounds delightful to me anyway. Oh, these two are making goo-goo eyes at each other. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the movie. Back I'm to, back starved to the for human contact, Sam. I'm in quarantine. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a real good point. Uh, Back to the Future came out in 1985, has a score of 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb, has a score of 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, is there any point going through the plot? Everyone knows this film. It's like a staple of film history, but in case anyone can't remember this film, it's basically set in the 1980s and small town Californian teen Marty McFly is thrown back into the 50s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend Doc Brown goes Ori. Uh, Travelling through time in a modified DeLorean car, Marty encounters younger versions of his parents and must make sure they fall in love and have sex or he'll cease to exist. Even more dauntingly, Marty has to return to his own time and save the life of Doc Brown. That's pretty much it. Uh, I'd like to point out I hadn't seen this movie till like a few months ago. What what the fuck? (laughs) Why are you on a movie podcast? (laughs) You know, just because I haven't seen every movie in existence doesn't mean that I can't do stuff about movies and things. Yeah, but there's a spectrum between here and there, and like this is pretty much entry-level in terms of movies that you've seen. Yeah, not the only one. I was three, man. So? No, Matt Negley. Amy said I'm not the only one. Matt Negley of the next uh, Best Picture podcast only saw it last year. Far out. Yeah. This is insane. (laughs) What world are we living in? Is this some sort of weird timeline where Biff's fucked everything up? I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Amy, why don't you tell us everyone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the movie. It stars Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly. Christopher Lloyd as Dr. Emmett Brown. Crispin Glover as George McFly. Leah Thompson as Lorraine McFly. Claudia Wells as Jennifer Parker. Tom Wilson as 
Biff Tannen and James Tolkien as Mr. Strickland. And yeah, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions and then finish on either a listener question or a Patreon question. And this week it's a Patreon question. But before we get to all of that, the one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film. I know which way Amy's going to go, so I'm way more curious to hear from Liz first. Liz, tell us, compliment, compliment sandwich, shit sandwich, or hyperbole sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing great, and one thing good about this film. Yeah, this is not the hyperbole sandwich. Sorry. I've told you my films that are the hyperbole sandwich, and you refuse to do them. So that's really on you. <laughs> I'm not doing Centrinians. No one's ever heard of Centrinians. <laughs> no one knows what Centrinians is. It's Liz. a big thing in the UK. Thank you. And it's great. I love it. So shut up. Anyway, um, all right. So my first compliment. Yay. Yeah. Uh, is that it was just good, cheesy fun, like really easygoing watch. Super didn't take a lot of effort, but um, yeah, it was good laugh. Good, good, funny little moments. My shit in the sandwich was just that the dudes um, in 1955 were generally really creepy, um, which I was not a super fan of. And um, uh, my final compliment is I just really liked the the costumes and the sets. And so, you know, like I felt like they really did the 80s and the 50s really well. Like there's a nice little time pieces. Cool. And there's a score out of 10,000 gigawatts. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go... 6,000. Holy shit. 822. That was alright. Interesting. Interesting. Soz, but yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Amy, please bring out your broom and shovel and clean up after that mess. I'd like to just point out that at least I'm not Kahu giving speed less than 5,000. So. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. Okay, Amy, you're up. Okay, so if people know me, they know this is my favourite film of all time. So, of course, it's going to be hyperbole because I have nothing really bad to say about this film. Um, the first good thing I've got is a performance by the entire cast, but especially Michael J. Fox. It's unbelievable to know that he wasn't originally going to be Marty McFly. It was going to be Eric Stoltz, but you can't get anyone else to play this character. He's just Marty McFly. He's just that person. My great thing is the screenplay and how tight the writing is. I don't think I'm going to see a better screenplay, in all honesty, and how it handles exposition, and it all feels so natural and so wonderful. And my other good thing is the balance of tones. Like, it's an action-adventure, it's a coming-of-age story, it's a science-fantasy, it's a romance, it's family-friendly, but it's still got the adult humour within it. So it just yeah, all yeah. perfectly balances out. And for my score, I went, per miles per hour, 88,000. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> nice! Oh, I love that. Gotta love that. Perfect. Good work, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. We need that. Although, <laughs> that being said, I'm going to make a, a horrible, horrible admission here, is that I didn't like this film for a long time. In fact, I often thought, not overrated, but sort of overappreciated. I thought people, you know, talked about it way too much. And for me, it was in the same camp as like The Goonies and Lost Boys and films that came out towards the mid to late 80s that I was like, yeah, they were right, but is, are they really that well-deserving? And then I watched it last night and I'm eating humble pie. Holy shit, this movie's good. It's not a it's not a hyperbole sandwich, but I'm definitely a compliment sandwich. First good thing, yeah, I mean it's it is it's genuinely funny. Like as you said, there's enough humor there that if you're a young kid, you can laugh at this. If you're an adult, you can laugh at this. There's some stuff in there that is like legitimately for everyone. Uh, the bad thing, yeah, Liz is right. It's dated a bit. Like the characters in this film, and this is funny because we've done so many other '80s films recently, are incredibly bloody horny. 
Like, Marty just checking out girls while he's hanging out with his girlfriend. And his dad is a peeping Tom. He's hanging out out in, in the tree. I was like, what, what is going on here? What As we've on- talked about in, in other podcasts, though, like, all teenage boys are only thinking about sex at all times in films, as far as I can tell. Hey, hey, having been a teenage boy, sometimes I was thinking about food as well, okay? so <laughs> yeah, but Probably at the same time as sex. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can yeah, I yeah, eat yeah, this yeah. KFC while having sex? Yes, that is multitasking for a male. Congratulations, yeah. you've worked it out. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, the other, the other good thing, yeah, I mean, I've talked about the humour, and you're right about the screenplay. It's just a really engaging story. I just don't feel like there's any fat in the movie. Like, most comedies sort of use up everything they've got within 90 minutes, and sometimes I feel like they're pushing it. This movie's close to two hours, but at no point was I feeling like, this scene isn't needed. We don't need any of this. So that's why I'm giving it a score of 9,312 gigawatts. This is a high. Li- this is a solid four and a half out of five film for me. That literally was about a two and a half out of five for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and man, I'm eating humble pie. Maybe it was the lack of sleep from putting up with my kid. Maybe it was the fact that for the first time uh, in a long time, me and Stacey's family who are staying with us actually watched the whole movie together and no one was like, who picked this shit? Maybe it was a lot of combinations <laughs> of factors that went into this. But absolutely loved it. So it's clearly a holiday choice um, for the gods. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, question number two, first of our Patreon questions, comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dan Brennick of the Netflix and Swill podcast, a podcast that covers all things Netflix related. What's the question there, Liz? All right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Question two is, who is the real MVP of this movie? And you cannot pick the main character, so no Marty for you. Okay. And I've gone with Einstein the dog because... He was the one that actually tested out the machine. He's the one that sat there with the timer, and if it wasn't for him testing it out, because no human would really sacrifice themselves for that first time, we probably wouldn't have a movie. Holy hell, that is a great answer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Although I disagree with you about people not testing it out, because people are really stupid. Yeah, so, Doc, Doc Brown's definitely got a like, I could definitely find some stupid people to test that, that thing out if I needed it. That's a good point, but yeah. Hey, Sam, do you answer. want to test out my time machine, actually? I've got one in the... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm not testing out your devices ever again, Liz. No way. I'm not falling for that any more times. Why did you have to make it dirty? Uh, oh, man. You're the one You're- that tried to shove something in. Uh, anyway, uh, what's your answer? <laughs> oh, no, it's my turn. Where am I? Um, the- <laughs> oh, dear Lord. The one I'm going to go with is Marvin Berry. If it wasn't Marvin Berry knowing how to break Marty out of the car and cutting his hand open, we wouldn't have the rest of the movie. Marty would have been locked in that car and everything would have turned to shit. Thanks for stealing my answer, Sam. <laughs> Do you want my other answer? <laughs> yeah, what is your other answer? Uh, my one's Einstein the dog. If it wasn't for Einstein the dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, give me one second to check my notes and I can come up with another one. Mine is going to be um, the teacher, Mr. Strickland. Yes. Because if he wasn't such an asshole to Marty, like going, you're never going to make anything of yourself, then maybe Marty wouldn't have put so much effort in. So... I actually think he was a diamond in the rough. I will happily take any compliments about bored men that are angry. I would love them. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Fair <laughs> enough. Excellent. Uh, question number three, also a Patreon question, comes courtesy of the amazing man, this Christine. Fuck you, the band, bro. Thank you for sending me photos of my book. I love you to bits. Uh, what is it there, Amy? It is, what song would you have inserted into this film and why? Well, it's, it's kind of awkward in that it's implying that Chuck Berry has stolen a song that made him famous. But <laughs> I same, thought that was hilarious, actually. I, I thought it was kind of funny, but at the same time, Chuck Berry, um, if people know his backstory, he was kind of a bad, bad man. But anyway, I, I, 
liked the fact that he was playing that song, but I reckon, like, he goes, like, a little bit sort of rock and metal towards the end there, but it's no actual song. Like, if he just started busting out the solo to Stairway to Heaven or something like that, <laughs> like, some, like, legitimately, like, heavy metal slash sort of harder rock, oh, that would have been awesome. Like, Black Sabbath or something like that. One of those songs that you're just like, yeah, your kids are going to love this. There is no way they would have been ready for that. They weren't even ready for Johnny Be Good. No, I know, but he goes, like, full metal at the end. Like, you know, he oh, goes full so, rock yeah. at the end. Yeah. Okay, I'll allow it. I'm going to put mine in the modern setting of the movie, which is in the music competition. Um, I feel like the 80s is a amazing, incredible treasure trove of music. So um, we could have used way more 80s music. So I'm going to say Billy Idol, Rebel Yell. Some, one of the bands should have played that at the music competition. I'm going more of a narrative thing. I'm going to make the car sequence between Lorraine and Marty way more awkward, and I'm going to play Marvin Gaye's Let it, Let's Get It On. let's get it on oh my god that would be next level creepy god Mm -hmm. i love it i'd just like to thank everyone as well by not picking um road to nowhere or highway to hell or any of these other car (laughs) i was thinking turn back time but i felt like that might be a little (laughs) (laughs) didn't you use that in palm springs episode probably yeah you did yeah, but they were doing like a karaoke session. So yeah. I was like, come on. That is a pretty easy choice, you know? Fair enough. So was- Next question is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing man, this Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. And go check it out. He posts a ton of awesome content on there. Dave has two questions for us that ask this week. We are going to go with which two characters from this film would you guys want with you at a house party? I found this relatively easy this time. I'm going with Marty because he seems really chill and fun and like someone you could just sit and have a beer with. Liz wants to hang out with 17-year-old boys and have beers with them. (laughs) Well, when that was my options, like I was certainly not going to hang out with any of the grown-ups except for Doc. Doc was my second choice Uh, because he'd just get up some crazy shit and like at least he'd be interesting and he'd, he'd, you know, keep the conversation flowing. He'd probably invent some kind of cool cocktail. So, yeah, Marty and the Doc for me, 100%. No, I'm also going to Doc. I wrote down as well. He knows some wacky experimental cocktails that would be amazing at a house party. But I also chose Einstein because a party's not a party without a dog there. Good point. That's a good point. I'm getting a feeling that you're a fan of dogs. I don't know <laughs> yeah. where it's coming from. But, yeah. yeah, I went with Doc as well. Like You guys are right. Like well, I was more for the stories. I don't really want to try his inventions. I don't really want to try, hey, try this like plutonium paradise. Oh, what's in it? Plutonium. <laughs> what you only live once sam it's, and yeah. if you try plutonium paradise it's probably quite a short live but it, you know. yeah yeah <laughs> uh i had him but then i want leah thompson as well okay now leah thompson uh if anyone's listened to our contrarians episode well, my contrarians episode where we talked about how the duck and my love for leah thompson like she's a gorgeous woman but i want the version of her at, that we see at the end that's encouraging marty to go out partying and hook up with his girlfriend and stuff like that that, she sounds awesome. She sounds, like, amazing. Who doesn't want to hang out with Leah Thompson's like, yeah, go out and get laid. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, if you're going to have a mum there, then that's probably a good one. Yeah, and plus we've seen her smash the booze. She knows how to have a party. But she might be all over you, though. Can you handle that? <laughs> oh, God, do we need to give you a moment? <laughs> Ugh. That was the creepiest little <laughs> giggle I've ever heard in my life. Mid Tom- mid-80s Leah Thompson? Come on, man. What the fuck? Of course. Uh, anyway. All right, question five. Uh, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? 
So my one was, would I have the willpower to not open a letter and change my future or would Ooh. I give in to temptation like Doc did? Ooh. I 100% would. If he's giving you it, it's obviously important. So <laughs> I got to know. Oh, it's a tough one, eh? It's a tough one. Like, do you want to know your future or do you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not a tough <laughs> one at all. Yes. <laughs> my deep philosophical debate is what happened to old, to new Marty? So we see Marty come back in time to the present, but theoretically there's a Marty that's lived about 17 years and four months or something up until that point, and he's now replaced him. What happened to that other Marty? No, it's the same. It's the same no, Marty. That, yeah, no, no, because it's the he, same Marty, but when he comes back, like he doesn't know he has a truck. He doesn't know like what his brother and sister are up to. He doesn't know anything about his parents. So there's a Marty that's lived in that timeline oh. 17 years and four months. And then the next question is, like, when you come back to that, like, imagine if you woke up in your, you know, your world tomorrow and everything was completely different. Maybe your parents are, like, remarried to different people or, yeah, you know, you've got brothers and so sisters you don't weird. know about. How creepy would it be? You'd be? I actually reckon you'd end up in, like, a mental institution or something because people would just be like, what is wrong with you? Like, why do you not remember all this shit? Considering I'm one outburst away from ending up in one anyway, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already I've already started the paperwork. To be honest, yeah, I know I've I've seen it. <laughs> so my deep philosophical debate is actually um, one that I've sort of chatted about with Sam previously um, about an idea for a book I had, and it's about the idea of going back in time where you just don't have all the answers. Like people quite often time time travel movies or whatever. I mean, not in this case, but quite often time travel movies. People go back knowing what they're trying to achieve, and so they they have the knowledge. But like Marty went back, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know this, and I don't know that." And it would be so much more convenient if you actually had the answers to everything when you went back. So maybe we should all just be trying to learn as much as we can about like history, so that if we do go back in time, then we can actually like help ourselves out a little more. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. like people that are like, "Oh, I'd go back in time and invent Google." It's like, okay. Here you go. How did they do that? Yeah. Here, here, okay. So go, I know he was in a garage. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Here you go, dude. Go make that right now. Oh, I'd invent Apple. Okay, cool. You go be Steve Jobs. And you create like all these operating systems. You go through all the marketing that you need to. You get your yeah. business off the ground. Sure, dude. Sure. I, I saw a meme that was like, oh, it'll be great when I go back, if I go back in time and I'll edu- educate everyone on how, on the brilliance of whatever, you know, like modern life. And then like, it's got a picture of me like explaining to caveman or whatever. And they're like, so how does this electricity work? And me going, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly it, right? Like my idea for the book was um, that I go back to my, so it's supposed to be like a coming of age, like I go back to my life as 18 and like make better choices theoretically. But when I was 18, it was 2001. So I was like, imagine that and you like know 9-11 is coming and I feel like you have a moral requirement to try and stop it. But then how do you stop it? Because what do you actually know about 9-11? Like, I could tell you that there were four planes on a certain day flying around New York, but I don't even know if they were flying to or from New York. I don't know what airlines they were. Like, it's quite interesting when you think start thinking about all the possibilities there. Yeah, especially because yeah. if you start going to the American government and saying there's going to be a terrorist attack on this day, they're just going to throw you out of the building. All yeah, or if I keep trying, they might throw me in a black ops site. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, yeah I think it'd be quite a fun book to write if I ever got around to it. So... But Sam, you've inspired me, of course, to, to write a novel. Yay. So, hell, if Sam can do it, I can. So, why not? <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see that mess. Uh, the next question <gasps> is also a Patreon question. The question. This question comes courtesy of the amazing woman that is Emily Higgins of the Tasis Podcast. I've talked about her enough. You guys know who she is. You know why she rocks. I'm pretty sure she's done an episode on Back to the Future. 
and why it's not as good as something else. But let's not talk about that. What's the question there, Amy? It is, what side character would have the best spin-off movie? You've kind of inspired me, Amy. I kind of want to go with Einstein the dog now. He seems like he's getting up to some adventures. And he's going back through time. Yeah, um, yeah, screw it. Einstein the dog. I had another answer, but um, we've already talked about the bald guy, so I'm happy that he's already been discussed. So I'm going to move on. Einstein the dog. Einstein the dog. Okay, I kind of want to know about our uncle that's in prison. Like how he got into prison, <laughs> what life was like in prison. It's sort of gritty sort of movie. So I'm going to go with that one. Oh, that's a cool one. That is not what I was thinking at all. But um, I, in that case, I'm going with uh, the Libyans. I want to know what they want the plutonium for and, like, how did they, like, you know, get in touch with Doc and then, like, what? Maybe maybe they managed to source plutonium from another place. This could be a very hardcore, like, terrorist drama. Yeah, not to mention them going to explode a bomb that's full of old clock parts. Yes, that also would be pretty entertaining. That would be. But also, like, you're right, like, like, this is pre-internet days. Like, did somebody put a posting in a newspaper, hi there, we're looking for a scientist to create a nuclear <laughs> bomb for us, and Doc Brown was just like, oh, I need some plutonium, perfect. I mean, honestly, yeah, I'd say so. But, um, you know, there's, yeah, there was no Craigslist or anything. It just seems quite weird that this random scientist from the this nothing little town gets hold of Libyans yeah. in the 80s. Like, okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, moves us over to question number seven, which is what item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be? The DeLorean. I don't want to be going back and forth in time all the time. Also having like all those people inside me. <laughs> I was about to make a dirty joke. I was about to say you don't want I knew side you openings. Were. I knew you were. So I thought I'm just going to say it anyway. Yeah. No, I just imagine. I just feel like that would be very jolting and, you know, disconcerting, like constantly going back and forth in time. So, yep. I'm Fair kind enough. of going something similar. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I don't want to be Biff's car because it gets manure poured on it twice. Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. I don't want to get shat on. That's very yeah. And you 100 percent don't want Biff inside you. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's he's kind of handsome. Uh, Dude, no. I'm just joking. I'm not serious. Dude, he's a piece of shit. Of course, I don't. I'd like rather him. bang the bald man. Yay, bald man! <laughs> I knew you'd like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Biff's car was going to be my number one choice. The the follow the backup one for me was Einstein's um, Einstein's bowl that we see at the start of the film, and it's just had a week's worth of food being emptied into it. Ugh. It's Ugh. like, first of all, I don't want to get licked out by Einstein. The second of all, I don't want <laughs> endless amounts of dog food caking my head. Fuck that. I just that whole scene was hilarious because it was so overcomplicated. Like to feed a dog, is it really not just easier? to open a can of food as opposed to, like, set up this entirely complicated contraption. That that scene did raise a question to me as well of, like, why does he have that giant speaker in there and what was he expecting Marty to do with it? You know what I mean? Like, no, like, what was, sorry, what was Marty's expectation when he turned it on and tried to play some music through it? Like, what was the best-case scenario he was hoping for? That, that speaker was going to put out a fairly big whammy. Yeah. That's a good word. Let's go with whammy. I, like I feel sorry for the neighbours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Burger King. I feel sorry for the neighbor, Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in that case, I don't feel sorry for the neighbor. <laughs> oh no, actually, Burger King's pretty been quite good in this pandemic, haven't they? I saw a thing the other day that said they like they tweeted and they were like, "Hey, when you're going out for dinner tonight, why not think about local restaurants mm-hmm. because they're they did, really yeah. struggling as opposed to us multinational corporations." I was like, "Damn, that's pretty cool." So there's my little shout out to Burger King. Anywho, that moves us over to question number eight, which is also a Patreon question, come courtesy of the amazing man that is Nick Haskins of Mr. Nikolai's Kitchen. 
Uh, I have a link down in the show notes. It's a brand new cooking podcast. Stacey the Ginger Princess might actually be on an episode soon. I'm pushing to get her on there because she loves cooking a lot more than she loves movies. I don't know why she's persisted with our <laughs> podcast for so many years, but she has. Anyway, uh, what's the question there, Liz? All right. How could this movie be rewritten into a Shakespearean comedy or tragedy? So after thinking about it, I've come up with this idea. After everything in 1955 has been resolved and Marty starts to drive back into 1985, he doesn't realise that he forgot to change the clock in the DeLorean and it's still set to 1955. So he just goes back a week and does it all, ad- all again, Groundhog Day style. <laughs> oh, God, that would be so annoying. That'd Although he'd probably terrible. do a better job that time, right? Like he'd be like, okay, it's not going to work. And- yeah. But- oh, now I know that my mother is a sex-crazed lunatic. I will avoid her at all costs. But even worse, like imagine if he, ah, oh, like imagine if he's still there. You know what I mean? He's got to watch himself do all these things, and then he's also got to basically race him side by side to get to that lightning bolt to get back to the mm-hmm. future. Oh, oh man, that'd be yeah, that would be really complicated. That'd just be an endless time loop. That would just be terrifying. Jesus, yeah, stuff that. Thanks for that terrible picture, Amy. <laughs> You're welcome. If you think that's bad, here's my one. Imagine if he teleported himself back in time to where he was and he just crashed headfirst into himself as he was trying to travel into the future. Oh, no. <laughs> so basically he... What would that do? I can't even process. So he's about to go into the future and he comes out of the past into the future, basically headfirst into each other. Never mind Doc Brown getting up and being like, hey, I'm fine now. He just notices that there's two Martys just like sprawled into a million pieces over each other and the Libyans are just fucking laughing their heads off. Yeah, well, you guys are complicated. I'm going with a really simple answer, which is that Doc Brown wears a bulletproof vest, but they shoot him in the head? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for a tragedy, clearly. uh, Let's be honest, man. That guy unloaded at him with what looked like an AK-47 or something like that. They're not the most accurate of guns. It's like, you're hopeful as fuck. (laughs) I guess Marty maybe wrote, they shot you in the chest. So there may be... Yeah, but it did make me laugh. I was like, well, aren't you a lucky shit? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moves us over to question number nine. What is it there, Amy? Uh, what quote from this film will be the worst thing to hear just after you finish having sex? And there's an obvious one to this one. There really is. There's yeah. a couple of obvious. I wonder if it's this one. You caused $300 worth of damage to my car, you son of a bitch, and I'm going to take it out of your ass. That's not one That's I was exactly thinking. What I- <laughs> oh, that was exactly what I thought Sam would say, so... You're just too predictable, Sam. Yes. But, yep, nice. That, that, as soon as I heard that, I had written that down. I'm going to take it out of your ass, but I knew that you'd say it. So yeah. Instead, I'm going with, oh, my God, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for it, Marty. Because, <laughs> A, that's terrifying, and B, who is Marty? And C, yeah, it's just not a pleasant, relaxing experience after sex. True. Neither, Good, point. Good point. Neither of you went for one I was thinking of. I got, when I kiss you, it's like I'm kissing my brother. Oh. Ah, yeah. Oh, damn it. How did I miss that? Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about that one, but that is legit a really obvious one. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. Good answer to these guys. Great lines in this film, yeah. And that moves us down to question number 10, which is what was the biggest dick move of the movie? Do you know what? I'm going with George watching Lorraine from a tree. Yeah. That is creepy as shit. And, like, he's supposed to be the nice guy, right? Like, quotation marks. So, like, yeah, Biff, like, tries to, like, molest her, and that's not great, but he's kind of a douchebag anyway, so you almost expected it. But come on, George, like, 
Just ask her out like a normal human being, you freaking psycho. Yeah, I feel like we do need to rule pretty much Biff out of this because everything Biff does is a dick move, or is it? Yeah, exactly. Like it's predictable. Yeah. 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 Please, any listeners, if you are currently watching Woman from Trees, this is not good. Please seek help from a medical professional. And Honestly, I, th- I feel like people listening to podcasts might be the type, so I just thought I'd check it out. <laughs> well, I listen to podcasts. And what, do you watch people from trees? No, I just stalk them obsessively on Facebook, so it's yeah. totally normal for today's society. You're more of a bush girl sort of thing, eh? You're not very good at climbing. I'm going to beat you to death with your own shoes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> It's going to take a while. I'm wearing flip-flops. <laughs> I'll enjoy every single moment of that. <laughs> Excellent. And what about you, Amy? But you've both sung his praises, but I'm going to the principal of the school saying that Marty had no talent and wouldn't amount to anything. Because he's just very performing his music pretty decently as well, I would say. And then he just goes, you amount to nothing. And that is just, for a principal to say that, I think it's pretty damn rude. Yeah, actually, yeah. that is it is pretty bad. I... um. I feel like it might have been a good driver for Marty. Like, I feel like it was the thing he needed to hear, but I actually don't think that's why the bull guy did it. Well, Marty's like, been late four days in a row. So that is a bit shit. You can see why the principal's pissed off, but at the same time, like, you don't need to do that. That's next level. Nah. The one for me is, yeah, we've mentioned Biff molesting his, um, molesting Lorraine. Why is, um, why is George hiring him to valet his car? Yes! <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> like, why? Like, I'm going with George again. Like, why would you hire the guy that assaulted your wife? Like, I get that there's like the power dynamics and stuff, but I don't think she'd want to see him again. Yes. Yeah. 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 As a yeah. stereotypical male in a lot of ways, I can see him being like, yeah, this is a power move. I'm going to show this guy I'm the dominant one by Which hiring cool him to valet my car. Well, hire yeah. him to fucking deliver pizza to Alaska or something. Like, get him the hell out of there. <laughs> Just get rid of him. Like, what the hell are you doing? I did also laugh and think. I don't see how that would have worked, really, when you think about the dynamics of, of like, what he changed. He didn't change enough that Biff would end up being his valet. Like, that just seemed really stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That moves us down to our personal questions. Amy, you get to start. The, these are three questions that we thought of while watching this film that we don't necessarily have to answer ourselves unless we really want to. But, uh, yeah, hit us with them, Amy. So, starting off a very, very basic one. If you can time travel to any decade in the past, what would you choose and why? <laughs> I'm feeling like the 70s would probably be my answer. I'm talking about the 1970s. The, like, the music, yes, love Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, all that sort of stuff. You can actually go back and see them live, which would be amazing. At the same time, I just feel like the 70s is not nearly as dangerous as some of the other decades. I feel like the 70s was pretty chill. Everyone was sort of free-loving spirit, like the hippie generation was slowly dying out. But at the same time, it, was just, it just seems like a nice place. If anyone's watched Days and Confused, if there's anything like that, that would be awesome. I'm calling out your white prejudice here because it was a nice place for the white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I am a little bit sad and disappointed, Sam, that you did not choose the obvious, obvious answer, which I am going to do, and that's to go back to the 1940s and kill Hitler. No, wait, oh, you'd have to do it in, like, 1930s. So, yeah, okay, I'll go to, like, the late 1930s and kill Hitler. Why not go to the 1900s and kill him as a baby or a young child? Oh, you've, have you ever seen the TV show Future Man? No. Oh, you'd love it, by the way. You'd absolutely. I know, I have it. actually. I watched a couple of episodes. They do yeah, I think you'd love it. Lot, yeah. So there's the whole thing is that she does try to go back and kill like the bad guy and and the thing, but the baby's too super cute and she can't. She ends up being his nanny. So um, I feel like that would be a problem for me killing a baby. But if you took him out at the start of the 30s, all the really bad stuff would hopefully go away. And then I could like um, live in the 50s 
and like get a degree and like be a badass like you could get a degree bitch. in the 1950s come on man yeah like some women were doing that right like when did ruth bader ginsburg go to university like i'd like to be like this hardcore feminist bitch that just owns <laughs> too late you already are like you cannot keep me in a house and you only use me for my uterus so that's my plan. There's the Liz rant, as we normally expect every podcast. That's where it yep, came Yeah, I thought you'd like it. <laughs> the, the problem is, like like this movie sort of implies, it's like, yes, we all want to go back and kill Hitler and stop him from doing what he's doing. But at the same time, similar to like Marty coming back to his time and not knowing anything about anything, like imagine how much the world would change if Hitler had never existed. Yeah, in a good way. Not necessarily. Oh, actually, not necessarily. No, you're right. There's the whole medical advancements thing. So well, there's that. Stalin might have become yeah. the new Hitler. Stalin might have started a world war that had taken over all of Europe. We could be living under Soviet rule. We don't know. Oh, well, that is actually, I mean, I don't think you'd take over the whole world, but I do think that is true because, like, there was the whole Ukrainian genocide of, like, 10 million people that no one knows about thanks to him. So, yeah, yeah it could have been worse. Okay, fair. Yeah. I won't kill Hitler. In that case, I am just going back to the 50s and, like, doing a university degree and blowing everyone's minds out of the water. <laughs> Going back in time awesome. to study at university. That's it. <laughs> what a I'm party a animal. Nerd. Why do you think I'm Ravenclaw? Like, <laughs> I, I like being I a big nerd. No nervous. idea what that means, but continue. Oh, that's right. You're saving the Harry Potter movies for when Fern's old enough to watch them. Correct. Yep. What about you, Amy? Do you have an answer? Probably just the 80s because music, movies, that sort of area. That's what I'd probably go with. It makes sense. Yeah, the Weeding Singer made it look really good too. So my next question is, Marty McFly gets his nickname from Lorraine because of his boxer shorts. Using that logic, what brand of clothing do you wear that would give you your name? See, I'm very fortunate in that I wear a lot of Hurley clothing, so I get to keep one of my names. Volcom is my other brand, so I guess if I woke up in 1950, I'd be Volcom Hurley or Hurley Volcom. Um, That said, I'm currently wearing a pair, an electric t-shirt and Bonds underwear. So would I be electric Bonds? Am I a derivative of government Bonds? (laughs) Am I a missing square in Monopoly? I don't know. Uh, just call me Arvin Lululemon, according to what I'm wearing today. <laughs> Did you wear I that def- shirt on purpose? No, actually. I just looked down and I was like, oh, huh, check that out. I was like, what am I wearing? A giant name across my chest that says <laughs> Arvin, which is a random t-shirt I bought in Japan I'd never heard of, but I like the colors. So I was like, yeah, I'll roll with that. So basically and you're the- a dyslexic Marvin is what I'm hearing. Sure. Yeah. Or at least a lack of, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. Um, I am probably going to be wearing these lululemons solidly for the next two weeks so yeah just call me lulu gross i mean if anyone pulled off my shoes it'd be doc martens oh Oh, that's a great name yes that's a good name yeah love it and my final question is originally the delorean was going to be a fridge and the whole logic of this fridge was you can only time travel to where this fridge has been so i don't know why they thought that was a good idea i'm glad they scrapped that but what crazy regular object would you turn into a time machine and how would it work? And you can't just say a car because that's just too easy. That is too easy. And it's funny because Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was actually going to use a car. And then when this movie came out, they completely changed the script to be a telephone box. And I'm talking because I don't actually have an answer that I'm proud of. The, only one that, the, first, <laughs> the first one that came to mind was just like, imagine if there was a jacuzzi. And then I was like, wait a minute, that is a fucking film. That top, I was about machine. to totally go, <laughs> I was like, you moron, that's already a film. And then, and then all I was thinking was like, how cool would it be if like, rather than program where you're going to go or whatever, you have your TV and then you pick some like historical footage and then the TV just sucks you off your couch. Hang on, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) 
um, you get inhaled. Yeah, you might want to rethink your wording there. I know. Although, hey, look, you could be talking about the future, to be honest. I mean, let's... We don't know what's coming. Yeah. And from what I've spe- uh, you know, from what I can tell, like we're far more likely to have interesting sexual pleasure objects than we are to have flying cars. So Okay, Liz. Uh the <laughs> oh, but that's basically what I'm gonna go for is like you have got a TV, you play the time period you want to go back in and then you end up back in that time period. How you get back out of there? Shit, I don't know. That's- yeah, because what if you go back to like the eighteen hundreds? Yeah. And there's no TV. That, cause it's funny you mentioned that because my other idea was, do you guys remember the ice bucket challenge? Like imagine yes. if you d- dumped a bucket of ice on your head and then you and the bucket went back in time. And then in order to get back in time, you had to find some more ice. And imagine if you teleported yourself to Egypt or something in the like 2000 BC, you'd be like, oh, I'm fucked. Might as well die. That's a really complicated idea. How did you come up with Also, that? you get soaked every time you time travel. Yeah, exactly. It would- yeah, I don't know. It would be probably as annoying as the time machine in Napoleon Dynamite. I was trying to figure like the most bizarre thing possible, and that was all I could come up with. I think, um, yeah, if I can't have a hot tub, then <laughs> just because that sounds like a pleasant way to go, maybe just like I, I, I want like a remote or something. I want control over where I go. Like I don't want to just turn up in some random place and be like, awesome, I'm in like the Stone Ages and everything stinks really bad and everyone has loads of diseases and no teeth. Uh, so yeah, I thought like with a TV remote, at least you could like program in the date or something. Hey, talking about people stinking really bad and having no teeth, whereabouts in New Zealand are you from again, Liz? <laughs> from Wellington. <laughs> That's where I Originally? Lived, originally? <laughs> Tamaranui is a lovely little town and you're from one very similar, so you can hardly make fun. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Which is why you have no teeth and smell bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, moves me over to my questions. The first of which is, this just doesn't make any sense to me, but I want to see if you guys can make sense of it, is why is there a teenage boy hanging out with a crazy old dude that lives in a garage by a Burger King car park? Like, how did this relationship come about between Marty and Doc Brown? I feel like Marty's quite a sociable person. Like, he's someone that, and he's he's pretty cool. Like, he doesn't, he's not someone who's like, oh, you're weird, I don't want to talk to you. Like, he seems really friendly with everyone. So I think they probably just struck up a conversation when we're not waiting in line for Burger King one day. And then... And Marty was like, oh, you're quite an interesting dude. Let's sit down and eat our Burger King together after this. Do you know, um, saying all this Burger King just reminded me how much product placement there was in the film. So I think it's really appropriate that we're product placing Burger King throughout this podcast. I don't, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about, but do you guys want to go get a Pepsi after this? <laughs> yeah, I love Pepsi. Don't you love how it's cool and refreshing and, uh, and when it goes down your throat? I don't know. I'm a terrible. <laughs> that just came out so bad. Yes, like, it did come don't out. Don't let bad. me product place anything. <laughs> what about you? Amy? I'm gonna say because Marty's family is not exactly the best sort of role models. Like the uncle is in prison, and the dad is a wimp and just gives into everything. And Marty just is like, no, I need another sort of weird father figure in my life, and that's where Doc comes into play. Absolutely. That is the answer I was thinking of, is he just has incredibly socially irresponsible parents. That was my first answer. And then I thought to myself, he's gone back in time and talked to Doc Brown and told him that we're going to become best friends. So I think Doc Brown knows this and eventually has to force himself into Marty's life at some point in order for this whole movie to occur. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Uh, The screenwriter, Bob Gale, actually answered this question and supposedly answered this question, although it hasn't been confirmed. He basically said that Marty is just a hot-blooded young man who would have found the idea of Doc Brown and all his crazy experiments interesting and would have befriended him as a result. Yeah, so I'm right. <laughs> We're all right. 
(laughs) (laughs) We are all right. Uh, Next question for me. In this movie, the events of this film of basically Marty giving his dad a whole bunch of confidence leads to the McFly family's fortunes being massively changed. We see his mum's really happy and upbeat and confident. His dad's become an author. Biff's just a piece of shit. (laughs) Is their valet, as we discussed. So he goes back in time to 1955 and changes his family's fortunes. I want to know from you guys, if you could go back to 1985 for a week, what would you do to massively change your family's fortunes? I think it depends on whether I can do research beforehand or not. No, this is a science oh. experiment gone wrong. This is you going to meet some random okay. dude in a car park at 1.15 in the morning, Liz, and getting into okay, his car good. and going back in time. Well, I mean, none of that sounds very safe at all, so I don't <laughs> think I'd do it in the first place. But if I did, I think I would... Let my family know about a couple of like personal sort of. My brother had a big car accident, so I'd kind of give him a bit of a warning about that. Would he be? Yeah, he'd be old enough to be able to take that on board. So I'd warn him about that. And, but otherwise, I'd just basically write down four words and be like, whenever you see these come out in the media, start investing. Like, as soon as you can invest in Apple, Amazon, Bitcoin, or Google, do it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Like, boom, that's going to solve. Like, it's going to take a while, but the minute that they start doing those four things. Oh, and I would also, actually, because it's 85, right? Yes. I'd tell them if they had any stocks at that point to just sell them right then. Oh, yeah. The stock market crash. Because the 87 stock crash. Yeah, you'd be like, look, you've got about a year tops. Yeah. Just then sell everything you've got. Right out on the bubble and enjoy it. Sell everything you got, and you'd come back to the future and you'd discover that you and your family are living in a van on the side of the road somewhere in New Zealand. We really understood what you said, you know. It's so much better without possessions of it. This is not what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Free love, Liz. <laughs> it's my parents. Exactly. And I've got you living in a bloody rubber sack or like potato sack or something. Yeah. Be careful how you word things, folks. Yes. That's, that's a clear lesson. And if I knew exactly what week I was going back to, all I would do is go online, look for the lot of numbers, go back in time, buy a ticket and just hand it to them. Simple yeah, but as you're that. You're not allowed to do that because I said I, I, I was like, I I'm not doing full research. I'm just looking up one and... set of numbers. Mm. I guess. It takes me two minutes. It's a good. Yeah, I suppose you could do it on your. Ah, oh, yeah. You, you do it on your phone now, on the way you there. Do it on your phone in the car park. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. It's interesting. It's like, yeah, I think Apple is probably one of the best. Like, I mean, it was a company at that time. You could tell your parents to invest in it. That's what I was thinking. Not to mention, it was around this time that Steve Jobs got fired from Apple. So they were going through a bit of a tumultuous time. He then went on, like we mentioned Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck failed so spectacularly that George Lucas had to sell off one of his companies, his like, uh, which then became Pixar. So Steve Jobs brought that company, made it turn into Pixar. So you could tell him to invest in either of those companies at that time. He'd probably make millions off it. Probably Disney as well, because everything. Disney was kind of going through a rough period in the 80s. That's it right. Until about 91 where they started bouncing back up. Yeah, Marvel as well. Marvel like- was almost bankrupted by the 90s. That's why they started selling off all their comic book Properties. characters to any any film just, studio that would take them. Yeah, You just literally would write down the name of every single company you could think of that did well and any like sports matches that you could remember. And You know, like when you actually came down to it, you probably know quite a lot of things. Yeah. Like bet on the All Blacks to win the Rugby World Cup in 1987. Yes. See, I'll, yeah, you know, like, what I was thinking was like where I live in New Zealand has become a quite affluent area and it's like if I went back in time and told my parents, hey, buy property in Mount Monganui. The thing is, like, I, I don't think my parents would have that much free money to go and buy that anyway. They, they were young, poor. The mortgage was three times their salary, which is completely different from what it is today. But. Yeah, actually, it's such a good call because my parents were 
actually doing quite well in the 80s and mum was like, oh, I wish we'd saved a bit more money than spent it. Like, because we felt like, you know, things were just really good. So they spent a bit more than they probably could have been a bit more responsible. Mm. So yeah, if I told them that then, like go and buy beachfront property now, then yeah, we'd be having an amazing like estate in Mount Mongan now or wherever. <laughs> That'd be the tits, Genius. Okay, now I really hope that we do get to go back in time. Yeah. My final question that's been posed a lot, but we need to try and discuss this and see if we can come up to an answer for this is, do you guys think you'd get really suspicious, more so if you're the dad, really, if your son grew up to look exactly like some guy you tried to hook up with once? So, and there's such an impression on you that you were like, Marty, that's a cool name. And you future named, in the future, you named one of your kids Marty. Like, how does she not recognize her son as this guy that she tried to hook up with? Well, why you said the dad is more suspicious, but you, then you said about hooking. Did I miss a bit where George was trying to hook up with Marty? No, 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 no. But like, surely if your wife has a son that looks exactly like a guy she tried to hook up with once, as the dad, you'd be like, hmm. With the same name, yeah. Like, and I did find that hilarious that that his name was Marty and that, like, like why would you name him after the, oh, maybe because he was the one that brought you together? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, I think that, I always think that's ridiculous. Like, your memory's not that bad. Like, I still see people, you know, on, like, I saw a chick get on the plane that was, like, 10 years before and I hadn't seen for 10 years from London or whatever, and I was just like, oh, hey, like, immediately. So I feel like your face, your mind would just be like, I know that face. So yeah, I know, I think that's complete bollocks. I think you absolutely would recognize people. And like, I'd be pretty open-minded as well. Like if someone was, if I was suddenly like, oh my God, that guy's exactly like this guy that I saw in the 50s or whatever. You'd just be like, maybe it was time travel. I'd consider it. <laughs> what about you, Amy? Have you got an answer? I think I'd be more concerned if they had the same personality, so the same dress style, the same hairstyle, the same oh, taste yeah. in music. If they just acted the exact same way that's what would creep me out more than oh you look familiar yeah Yeah, that's a really good call because otherwise it could just be a parallel universe true uh i believe this question has been answered by was it zemeckis or gail i think one of them basically said that as if she's going to remember somebody that she only spent a week with which to which i was like no that's bullshit like i feel like you would like he left such such an impression on her that you know she named his kid after that so it's blatant alcoholism. I reckon she's drunk it out of her system. We saw how much of a pussy she was in this, when she was 17 or 18 or whatever. Yeah. And and um, what's his face? His dad um, only had eyes for her, so he would have forgotten him as well. Yeah, fair enough. What did they think happened to him? Like he just turned up for a week and then just bailed and they never heard from him again. That was the weirdest part was at the end he was like, I've got to go now. And they're like, cool, thank you for everything you did. They gave him this like goodbye as if he's not going to be at school on Monday. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> such a weird setup. Still love this film, yeah. though. Anywho, moves us over to Liz's questions. What do you got there, Liz? Question 17. Should Marty have chosen a different moment to go back in time to than the one he he chose to? Like, the, the he went back, what, 10 minutes before, yeah. before, right? So was that the best choice? Was there a better option? I don't think he realized he should have given himself more time. He knows that car stalls. He knows that car plays up. So why did he think he only had 10 minutes to get to the car park and that would be enough time to get there? He should have given himself like 20 to 30 minutes to get there to even get prepared, grab a gun, grab something, and to then go out and actually handle the situation. Absolutely. I I went even longer than that. I was like, make it the morning, you know, like show up there. You've got the whole day, you know, yeah, like you're right. Then you've got to hide from yourself the entire day. Yeah, there is that, but if he just... But he's sit- not going to be in the Burger King car park, and you could just go and set up there and make sure there was, like, 
escape routes and shit. I don't know. Yeah, or well, he could be like Harvey Lee Oswald, who just set himself up on the roof with a sniper rifle and wait for the Libyans to show up and just shoot them. You know, it's pretty easy. If he owned a sniper rifle, knew how to operate one, and had any ability to aim it. This is America, Liz. This is America. A hunting okay. rifle, you could this pretty much... They, they give you one when you turn 12, so... Yeah, I basically was like, I'd go back a decent chunk of time as well, because it seemed really impractical. Yeah. Uh, all right, question 18. Um, they broke the fourth wall a few times, and how did you feel about that? Did it work well or not so much? I said it wasn't like fourth wall to a point of like Ferris Bueller or Deadpool that was really, really obvious, but rather more involving the audience in more moments of exposition, such as recording of the camera, etc. So I think they they just did enough of it. If they did any more, it would have been over top and cheesy, but I think they handled it pretty well. Yeah, I've I've got to agree. I, I feel like the one where Doc Brown looks at the camera and says we need to go back to the future, you know, like he names the title of the film. I was like, Ooh, this is pushing it, but at the same time, I'll allow it. I, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I found it quite weird. I didn't like it so much because I don't mind it in, like when they're documentaries, so there actually is supposed to be a camera there, but generally the rest of the time I find it really strange because I'm like, but what? Why? Why are you talking to the camera? That makes no sense. Why are you talking to me? You don't know I'm here. You're too logical. This is the problem. This is why you won't give anything a hyperbole sandwich. <laughs> we get it. You're logical. Soz. But like Parks and Rec, I love it when like Ben always turns to the camera and is just like, oh my God, kind of thing. Like that works really well. But just in this, I was like, mm. um, and finally, question 19. I'm wondering what Marty's like modern future dad whatever was doing between 1955 and 1985 if that was actually his first novel that was published so we know many people don't write a book they write they only write a book once they get famous from being a youtuber or a podcaster or making (laughs) their fame somewhere else not dropping any names here you might be talking about here (laughs) so Hmm. i think he became famous being some sort of tv host radio host and from that he got a book deal and published his book I like it. I like that answer. I like it a lot. So much I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I was sort of the same. I was thinking, like, you know, maybe he got into a job that he thought was going to be great, and he just kept doing that job for however many years, and then finally one day he was like, no, fuck this, I actually need to write a book. But then I was thinking, like, maybe he's he's the head of a controversial men's help group, because as we see in this film, he discovers that punching a guy in the face gives him a strong sense of confidence. <laughs> And ability, so he becomes the head of this controversial men's help group called Project Mayhem <laughs> Fight Club that teaches you how to rage against the system. And so he's been doing that for the last thirty years. Yes, I'm saying he is the real Tyler Durden. This guy is the <laughs> motherfucker that originated and created Fight Club, and he's basically just decided one day I'm going to transition away from that and become an author. What does that make oh, Beth yes. then? Oh, good question. Who would his be- name was Robert Paulson? Yeah, Robert Paulson. <laughs> people like Robert. His Paulson, name was so. Biff Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah you guys really ran with that I like it um, yeah just I, I was just like wait it's your first novel like that makes no sense but cool yeah these are very perfectly reasonable answers it takes a while Liz okay it's worth it in the end but it does take a while it's not something you can just do overnight well knowing how long it took me to edit the bloody thing <laughs> I'm not, I would believe you Oh, hilarious. And, yes, thanks, Liz. And that moves us down to our final question, which is also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast, a podcast which rages against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. So, as I mentioned, I was on the episode recently doing How the Duck, another Leah Thompson film. And what they, well, what Helio would like to know is what is our most controversial opinion about this film? Well, I think 
Maddie should have been a girl. Because, Whoa. yeah, like I think there was a couple of times where I was like, God, he's a moron. Like a, a, <laughs> a daughter would know the answer to these things. Like a daughter would have known, you know, where they met or whatever and, and things. But he just has no friggin' clue. And I'm like, you're too clueless. A daughter would have nailed this, been way more efficient, probably would have, you know, given them some good investment advice, et cetera. Like I just, yeah. His, his idea for how they should get together is to assault his mother in a car park. You know, I was forget- pretty sure a girl would probably come up with a better idea than that. Exactly, right? Like, she would have been able to, like, finesse it more. I just, yeah, a lot of it was very much like, duh, I dumb teenage boy. I make effort, but it's shit. So, yeah, that's my answer. Um, <laughs> I'm going with this is more about the film series. The entire trilogy is strong and there's not one week in the Lincoln series. I know there's people who don't like the second one. I know there's people who don't like the third one. They're wrong. Both are fantastic films. If you get rid, of, if you get rid of them, I can guarantee you we would have made a reboot or a sequel by now that was not linked to Bob Gale, Robert Zemeckis, and I don't want that. So I think it's good they gave him a free deal and then said, "Right, after this, you are not making any more movies because we've done this for you." Yeah, actually, I read an article that said that um, they they don't want to see no. a reboot or remade. So Bob Gale, they own it or Bob Gale is dying with the franchise. He says if you make it over my dead body, because he does not want a reboot or a sequel again. Yeah, which you know, good artist integrity, good integrity. Yes, and I hate it. That's another thing. I hate when people continue to mention is there going to be a reboot or a sequel? Because it's a grabby line they say every single month. And I'm like, we've answered this question 200 times. Can you please leave this dead horse alone? Uh, You guys are never going to guess what my controversial opinion is. (laughs) There shouldn't have been any sequels or... No, I want a reboot. I want a (laughs) reboot. With a woman. No, no, no. Hear me out. Have you guys seen Hunt for the Wilder People? Of course Liz has. But yeah, oh, And I made Amy watch it. Of course you made me Hunt. watch it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to see a Taika Waititi version of Back to the Future. I want to see a Taika oh, Waititi New so Zealand okay. version. So not really not really a reboot or a remake or anything like that, but more of a, like a, a New Zealand spin-off, sort of like a, a version that covers New Zealand life. Because like, Taika Waititi's nailed the 80s in Boy, and he's nailed the odd couple pairing in Hunt for the Wilder People. I feel like he could do... A version of it that would be kind of, you know, like. That's sick. I'll yes. allow that. I will allow that. 90s. I think you should do the 90s. Yeah, do the 90s. I mean, it, like, it doesn't yeah. have to have any sort of, like, tie-in or it doesn't even have to have the same character names or anything like that, but just, like, a, a different version, almost like a reimagining as opposed to a remake, reboot, or what a sequel, yeah. You could even be, like, an ins- like, they're literally inspired by the film in the film. So, like, there's, like, a mad scientist who went, oh, Doc Brown was on to something, I can create something. And then, like, the, the kid's like, oh, Back to the Future's my favourite movie. I'd love to go in the car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you could actually just use it without, like, change, you know, yeah, without yeah. remaking it. I'll there accept that. That's the only <laughs> exception to the reboot I will accept. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I won people over my controversial opinion. I feel so proud. Well done. Cool. And that takes us down to the end uh, before we do our usual sign-off. Amy, tell about everything you do. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us about your website. Tell us about everything. Yeah, so because I've been in lockdown for basically nine months, I've had a lot of chances to write and record stuff. So I've got my main website over at Film for a Thought, which is where I do most of my writing. I also write for In Session Film. And I recently started a podcast, which Sam actually went on with. And it is the Film for Thought podcast where... I have a guest on, they pick any film of their choice, and they just get to talk about it. Yeah, that's basically it. 
I love the podcast, Amy. I recently listened to your Die Hard episode and it was incredibly wowed. Not to mention that the the one that you had your very first guest on, he was amazing. He was a sensational, that guy. Um, he I went wonder. on and on about that movie <laughs> and that podcast. He was he was insatiable. Uh, insatiable? Ooh, hello. Uh, <laughs> That's not the word I want. I've lost the plot, guys. I literally just mic palmed. One day into quarantine and Liz has lost her shit. <laughs> Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> the walls are closing in. <laughs> I get all these nurses turning up going, we heard you screaming, let me out. Like, Even worse than that, yep. nurse, I was talking about Sam being insatiable. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Yeah, why did I? No, let's just end it now before I say anything worse. Absolutely. I uh, love all the stuff you do, Amy. Obviously, yeah, listen to the podcast and check out your articles whenever I can. It's awesome. And uh, I'll have links to everything you do down in the show notes so people can find you on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, and find your podcast and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. Liz, anything you want to plug? No. Okay, cool. Uh, that takes us down to the end. <laughs> Rude. Thanks. Oh, well, thank you, Liz, for coming. Back. I was going to plug your book. Oh, no, I wasn't. Nah, people are already buying it. I don't care. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that takes us down to the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our amazing patrons, even Amy here, who's one of our patrons, for supporting the show and helping us keep this going. Happy New Year's to everyone, given that this is our first episode of the year. We have episode 150 coming up. I have something special planned planned for that, which I'm not going to reveal just yet. It might just be a secret episode that we drop on you all. Uh, We also have upcoming episode with the Girl Crush podcast. They are coming on to do a Sandra Bullock film, which we haven't decided yet, or potentially a Jennifer Aniston film. Thinking Bird Box, maybe, but uh, very much looking forward to that. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In, or you can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20Qs. Alternatively, we do have an Instagram account now, which I post an image on once a week and do very little interaction on it, but you can find us there as well. And anyway, yeah, that's thanks for me. Thanks for me, and I'm going back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Please turn off the camera before you do that, Liz. There was enough of Liz for a lifetime, I think. Okay, I'm just going to hang up in a minute. <laughs> I did tell the nurses um, not to bother me during 9 to 11, so you should be very pleased about that. With your STD tests. With my COVID test, <laughs> you big dick. And my blood pressure test. Hey, you could have caught COVID from high. sex. I don't know. No, you can't catch COVID from sex. Shows how completely uneducated you are. You say you don't kiss while you have sex, Liz. Is that what I'm hearing? Did you want me to make this loud noise in your headphones?